Can you hear that? That's the sound of rain. It's welcome here. I am happy that we're getting some fall weather finally and we do need rain. So hallelujah. Uh, Halloween brought us some rain apparently right after. Uh, so that's good news. Already then, um, I'm going to talk about a few things today. So tune in and enjoy. When Chekhov saw the long winter, he saw a winter bleak and dark and bereft of hope. Yet we know that winter is just another step in the cycle of life. But standing here among the people of Punxsutawney and basking in the warmth of their hearths and hearts, I couldn't imagine a better fate than a long and lustrous winter. From Punxsutawney, it's Phil Connors. So long. More on this little excerpt later, but now, first things first, how is the market? <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. This is Marella Kale, your location gal, and you're on my podcast. Fire chat with Marella. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. So today I'm going to be talking about the market and what's going on, the latest. And also I want to touch about, touch upon some other stuff that um, is more of a food for thought Sunday, uh, definitely but timely in terms of uh, the time of year and even this week. So, uh, however, not for those who may be spooked by certain topics. So, um, you may not want to tune in for the second part, but if you want to, you're welcome to, definitely. And I'm happy that you joined me on this um, chat. Thank you, and yeah, tune in, sit back, and enjoy. How is the market? Definitely spooky, right? (laughs) So, here's a couple of spooky questions. So, if I want to buy a house right now, Should I wait till the rates go down because they've been high? And on the flip side, should I be selling now that the rates are so high and maybe the buyers are backing out because they can't uh, qualify or they just don't want to do it now? So is this a good time to sell? Those are two spookiest questions of all in this market. And I promise to answer them both today. So tune in. This is Fire Chat with Morella podcast. 
Life and real estate tips and hacks to share with you because it's about life until it's about real estate. Grab a tea, coffee, or hot chocolate and let's chat. How is the market? Hot real estate news, pro tips, interviews, insights, and fun facts for balance and empowerment, including mindfulness meditation and food for thought Sundays. Welcome! And do subscribe to Fire Chat with Morella podcast on your favorite platform so you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you and thanks for listening. Well, it's fitting because it's right around Halloween and yeah, definitely it's spooking some people. Um We'll have to say that we just had an update from uh, the chief economist at NAR, and he was talking about, you know, sticking to data and basically looking at uh, the numbers. And yes, the numbers indicate some changes, definitely. Now, as far as the property values going down, he said that when you look at the entire country, it's always going to be different than here in the Bay Area. So uh, when, you know, you look at single digit changes in the pricing, for example, all around the United States versus double digits, maybe even up to 10% of value in here in this area, in Silicon Valley or the Bay Area, um, that's a, you know, a better indicator because over here also the appreciation is so much higher and the last couple of years allowed for such historically unprecedented high appreciation that any correction is not really going to be affecting um, the market in the long run because you have to look at the investments as a long-term opportunity instead of um, something quick. So um, definitely, definitely over the long term, uh, the numbers uh, still show very positive and the situation is really different. There are at least three factors that are drastically different from, um, from let's say, 2008, uh, when people are thinking, oh my gosh, is something crashing right now? Is the housing market crashing? So I'm going to dive into those. And um, yeah. So what are these top factors that are different? Well, the number one factor is that the rates that had been prevailing for the last couple of years are so historically low, right? Uh, hitting the bottom at even, uh, you know, 2% and 3%. And so everyone in the world refinanced and is sitting pretty with these great rates now. So the homeowners are not, um, they don't have a huge incentive right now to sell other than if they need to. So, um same token, you know, by the same token, the rates being high, um, the buyers are looking at the rates and saying that they may be holding off. However, nobody's really uh, privy to timing the market because you really can't can't do it. And ultimately, it comes down to what your goals are when you are ready to sell or buy or what is your next goal. And 
um, those things have to be considered um, in terms of how long do you want to stay in a particular um, home or, or do you want to buy it for an investment or a second home. And so those things have to be evaluated. And for the most part, you know, if you hang on to the property, those things do go up and down and recessions happen every 10 years or so, for example, um, even though, um, you know, so so going back to, you know, those factors. So number one is those rates, right? And the, the rates fluctuation. Um, another factor is the appreciation, especially here in the Bay Area, that was so huge. I mean, you know, the past few years, uh, even, you know, it went up, you know, 10%, 20% in some cases, even maybe even more. It depends on the particular neighborhood also. And, you know, those multiple offers and all that situation that the demand is still here. So another factor that's really huge is the demand, right? The demand is not going down. We have people who need houses, who want houses, who qualify to buy houses. Not everyone can do it, of course, and it has been affecting people. However, um, they're resetting. They're resetting their goals and they know that in the future they're going to be able to refinance because these rates are going to go down again. And um, so that's the thing to keep in mind. So if you are looking to, you know, consider different options um, and you need more information on how the market is acting and, you know, what's going on, you know, at the moment in a particular neighborhood, for example, stay in touch with your realtor, make sure that um, they can give you the data that they can back up information with current reports from different sources that we have. Um, and definitely you need someone who is very well versed in a particular area of interest for you. So um, if you have any questions, uh, drop me a note at relocationgal at gmail.com and I can see how I can connect you with, with where you want to be and how we can help. Um, and also, if you have any lending questions in particular, we have a great in-house consulting available so I can connect you and you can get some answers there as well. All right. Okay. And now moving on to some uh, thoughts. Food for Thought Sunday starts now. Quote, Halloween, a day when we get it right. Strangers come to us, beautiful, ugly, odd, or scary, and we accept them all without question. Compliment them, treat them kindly, and give them good things. Why don't we live like that? End of quote. Audrey loves Paris. On Facebook. Why don't we, right? It's just one of those things that um, definitely resonates with me during this time of year and especially on this holiday of Halloween when 
you know, we do invite strangers, right? We we sort of um, circumvent the typical apprehension that we may have about opening doors to strangers or sharing in the joy of the moment, um, and especially with the kids, right? And And I think it's wonderful that we can extend that joy that we had maybe as kids whenever we were celebrating or having fun to when we are all grown up and we can actually let our hair down a little bit. And, you know, when we have parties and celebrations um, during that time and, and on Halloween, it's it's really that part that really captivates my heart. And I really, really enjoy it and love it. And I love seeing, especially other people, uh, have the fun and just really kind of letting uh, that moment, you know, take over and, uh, you know, let our worries sort of simmer somewhere else uh, while we enjoy uh, the time spent together and um, and this this wonderful, wonderful time together. So, um, yeah, so definitely that's that's something that resonated with me and stuck with me when I read that um, that quote that post that she posted. And um, I, I believe that it's great to think of it that way and sort of extend it beyond the holiday and think of the, you know, wonderful and selfless and um, things, things that we can do and we can do for each other and we can extend this um, spirit, right, beyond the the Halloween day and beyond this time of year so we can continue doing things for each other and sharing in the joys and little moments that um, let us be ourselves more, right, and let us be vulnerable and sort of, you know, that's that's another thing that's really wonderful is that we become vulnerable by, you know, putting on a costume and, and feeling silly or feeling like someone else for a moment or um, just kind of going out on the limb, right? And, um, you know, it's it still kind of baffles me that people will be out there judging and especially those that are not wearing a costume. <laughs> it's like, well, if you're not going to play, you know, uh, then you really kind of have no right to judge other people because, um, you know, it's always better to try to understand and sort of, uh, you know, uh, come along for the ride and, you know, enjoy it and for what it is just to, to have this vulnerable and interesting and fun time with others. And, um, yeah, so for that reason, I think it's wonderful. Speaking of this time of year, now I want to switch gears a little bit to something a little bit more on a serious note, um, even though having fun is pretty serious. <laughs> you have to have fun in your life. Um, but this is um, about something that is also happening during this time of year, and that's um, celebrating uh, All Saints Day. And there's also like Dia, Dia de los Muertos that's 
Spanish, but All Saints Day is celebrated in many countries, including Poland. And in Poland, it's a huge holiday. It's a national holiday. It is a tradition that's been, you know, celebrated for years and years. And it, it goes back to a long time ago in history, like something like the fourth century and even before that. So it's based on the religious um, celebration of those who have departed on uh, those um, people in our families and and um, the loved ones that have already uh, departed, right? So um, on uh, November 1st, uh, it's celebrated in Poland. And what happens is everybody, everybody heads over to the cemeteries and brings wonderful candles and flowers and everything is cleaned up and beautiful and um the families go there and it's you know the purpose is to celebrate those people to remember them to um to encourage the family to sort of um come together you know another reason for the family to come together and remember together and and it's not necessarily a solemn or sad occasion. It's, of course, it is in some ways people, you know, pray. People um, are serious. They may be sad, of course, you know, because it uh, may remind them of uh, how much they miss these the people in their lives and all that good stuff. And, and that happens too, right? But for the most part, it, it does not have a sad connotation from... What I remember, you know, growing up as a kid, um, it was actually a good a good day. It was a a fun day because, you know, the first of all, the cemetery in the city where I grew up is one of the oldest, if not the oldest and the largest in uh, Europe, and it has some beautiful works of art as, uh, you know, the gravestones, right? So. I remember going around reading the headstones and and looking at the pictures they had and some of them are really elaborate and beautiful works of art really and they have little poems and they have little inscriptions you know talking about the person and I just found that fascinating I I always like to go around and read and especially if I found you know a young person or a child um I just thought that was so touching and and beautiful you know the the um beautiful words that were usually in you know inscribed um and some like monuments that were um uh put in place to remember them angels all kinds of different depictions that were just really really uh moving and touching and and uh, made you appreciate this person. And even if I was thinking to myself, what a great way to to make this person known to the world, right? Um, and that's kind of what I thought about that. And literally on that day, if you go over there, it's like, you know, when it gets dark, it's it's like it's on fire, but in a good way, it's illuminated, uh, there are so many candles and so many flowers, and you know there's this uh, this feeling of warmth 
in the air, literally, from the candles, but also from just people loving and remembering the people that have departed in their lives. So um, that's my memory. Now, on the flip side, you know, I was um, thinking about it. You know, of course, my mom, I, I lost her um, last year uh, in June. And, you know, it's uh, it's been a, a journey. But I have to tell you that um, in terms of embracing the grief, and I, I talk about it a little bit more too, um, in a little more detail in, in an, the next segment that I recorded about, um, you know, coming across Anderson Cooper's um, podcast, which I haven't actually listened to yet, but he talks about the loss of his mother and there's someone else who actually commented on that. And I just found that kind of um, very insightful and uh, parallel to my experience in a lot of ways. So it, it helped me sort of connect the dots, if you will, of what I've been feeling and experiencing um, in my grief and, and feeling of loss. Um, and especially, you know, this month is is big because it's November and it is my mom's birthday month. Um, a lot of positives are around this because All Saints Day is to remember everyone. Um, my mom's birthday is uh, coming up. Um, it's also a lot of positives in other ways. I, I love this time of year. I love fall. My son was born in November, so we celebrate his birthday in November. Um, and so there are a lot of wonderful, wonderful things about this month. Um, and at the same time, you know, I, I was thinking to myself because of this rather in, rather tangible way to remember and celebrate someone who had passed away. Of course, my my relatives, like my great grandma, uh, my grandma, my uh you know, my great grandmas too, but um, more directly was my grandmother and my great aunt um, and my grandpa that um, those were the sites that we visited when I was a kid. Um, and of course, now things have changed because for my mom, this is definitely not what she wanted. She she wanted to be cremated. She wanted to be um, not in the ground. She specifically told me that. And so we had a special celebration for her at church to remember her um, at the beautiful church where we used to go with my mom for years and years. And uh, that was a, a beautiful, you know, memorial and very uh, intimate and just with the closest family and friends and that's just exactly how she wanted it and um then you know uh my brother and I were able to um rent a boat in Monterey Bay and uh sprinkle the ashes of my mom so She's in a beautiful spot and, um, you know, the feeling that I had when when we did this was 
sort of freeing because I knew that she wanted to be free. And, um, you know, I, I kind of had to reconcile those feelings of what I thought in the past, what it should be, but I knew for sure that it wasn't the path for my mom and she expressed it to me specifically. She had expressed it for me, to me. And I remember, it's interesting, I'm always driving by this cemetery that's famous here in the area. And every time I drove by it when, you know, things were not going well with mom and I was always thinking about, you know, what's going to happen next kind of thing. And I just did not find it in my head to reconcile that she would be placed either there or anywhere else in such a spot and she then eventually expressed what she wanted and and I just thought you know now that this happened and on that particular day on November 1st when I was driving by I I think for the first time since her passing I had a very um, clear and and freeing uh, emotion about this and thinking, gosh, you know, mom, you are not tied down. You are free. You know, you are free. You're somewhere, anywhere where there is the ocean and the water. That's what was also on our minds when we did this is we can meet you wherever that happens and you are free. And that was a really wonderful freeing experience. And at the same time, just like anybody we lose in our lives, um, you know, it's, I think, that fear of not remembering or anyone remembering this person existed. And I do have sometimes these moments where it really hits me and I go, you know, something reminds me of my mom and that's, you know, could be 5,500 things a minute on, on any particular day because we were so close and our lives so interconnected that um, those thoughts do, thoughts do show up and come often. And, the, you know, a lot of them are very positive and, and definitely help me get through the day in a lot of ways because... Um, I uh, more and more, you know, search for those for answers even in what mom said or or did or what would she do in a particular situation and um yes, but I do have moments where it's this moment where I think oh my gosh, it just kind of hits me and I go you know, my mom, she doesn't exist anymore, right? in a physical form, I will never see her again, even though in my mind's eye, she is so clearly present that I can picture her almost like a hologram, right? In any situation, I can basically see her with my mind's eye. I can see her sitting next to me, you know, in a car. Not that I see her physically, but what I mean is I can imagine those times when she was there. And um, so the way I'm helping myself cope with it, if that can at all help you in any situation that you may be in, 
or you may be facing or, you know, eventually each one of us faces that kind of situation. Um, I hope that this may help you. And, um, you know, I, I help myself in terms of going to places that we used to go to together and, um, you know, doing things that we did together that made us happy. So like, you know, I know my mom enjoyed baking so much and um, I've loved to connect. Actually, I've been connecting with my best friend um, uh, from overseas. I will call it overseas because someone mentioned to me that uh, when I call it across the pond, when I said, you know, we're baking across the pond. This lady said to me that, you know, across the pond, is that in England? Because usually that means England. I realize it means England, usually. <laughs> yes, from New York to England, for example. But I will extend, extend that meaning, meaning overseas. Okay, so if you want to call it overseas, fine. Across the pond has a nice sound to it and... uh yeah, so I like that. <laughs> I like that expression better, probably. In any case, we've been able to bake together and remember our moms, both of our moms that way. And um, so that's what helped us because when her mom passed away first, um, I was thinking, you know, how can we help each other? How can I, you know, help her and we our conversations were just priceless we we were both reminiscing and talking about what we're dealing with and and so we had reconnected you know prior to that even so we both were helping one another very much and then baking across the pond really helped us um i think cope with a lot of the things for sure i know it helped me um, and another thing that I've been doing lately is definitely going to places where mom and I used to go to. And I, uh, you know, I found that it really helps me cope with with that transition, which is not easy. I don't think it, it does get easier, but, um, you know, it's... Um, it's something that, that we can all do, you know, is focus on that because obviously we can't control the other part of it. It's it's happened. It's no longer um, there. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot of adjustments along the way if you are dealing with someone who is ailing or ill or, you know, in that situation um and especially transitioning into hospice for example um there is a lot of adjustments to make and i think the biggest adjustment for me was to know that i can't do anything more you know that i can't help make it better and that was kind of a crushing feeling for me and it took months before and and I had, you know, burst, I would burst out crying. You know, I don't have that so much now, actually. It's interesting. Um, it, I process it differently. But this was 
anticipating what was going to happen. It would just hit me when I was in the kitchen cooking or doing dishes or, you know, just um, thinking of something. It would just hit me all of a sudden. I was burst into tears. And because um, I would remember my mom and just remember how that situation was and what was going on and anticipating what was going to go on, sort of, you know. And um, I talked to a lady who is, um, you know, well-versed in how to deal with, with grief and loss. And she told me, you know, this is completely, uh, completely welcome and what happens to people. And it's called anticipatory grief and you're anticipating what's going to happen. And... um. So none of these things are, you know, something unusual. And again, you know, if this helps you in any shape or form, I hope that it does. Um, and I hope that you can find a positive way of looking at keeping the memory alive and, you know, speaking about the person, talking about the person uh, doing things that were favorite of both of you, um, going to places that you both went to, um, you know, reading the same things they enjoyed. I mean, there is a kind of an endless um, possibility there with remembering them, right? And at the same time, I mean, there are other things. You can, um, you know, have a, a bench dedicated to them. You can have uh, a mass at your church dedicated. Um, you have so many things that um, you can do to remember them. And um, yeah, so gosh, I kind of went on and on with this one, but it's an important thing um, for me to think about and to process. And so Again, I hope that this may have been helpful in any way to you um, to process those things. And yeah, so, okay, that will be enough for today. So the excerpt uh, is from the movie Groundhog Day that was... Um, uh, made in the 90s with Bill Murray and Andy McDowell um, and some other great cast. And um, I came across it just totally on accident. I was just flipping through the channels on TV and it landed towards the end of the movie. And it's actually uh, really fitting with the theme of what I'm talking about today on the Food for Thought Sunday part. Um, and uh, it resonates with me on many levels. And I read a little bit about the history of the movie and of the screenplay, how it was written. And it was very interesting how there was some push and pull creatively between the two people who created the, and wrote the screenplay and had influence over how it became uh, the film. 
that we ultimately saw in the 90s. It was actually 1993. Yeah. So in any case, um, one of the creative people thought that it should be more emphasizing the kind of a philosophical aspect of it and and whatnot. And the other person thought, thought about making it more of a comedy and it ended up being um, more of a comedy than anything but it does have some threads and and themes running through that are you know bigger than that if you will right so um yeah so i found that interesting and i believe of course the the choices made were uh, were great because um it is one of the better um you know depictions of you know, things that go on in life and how we deal with them and um, how, um, you know, we're affected by things in life that may make us not notice um, a lot of the stuff that goes on right under our nose, so to speak. And um, we can generate the kindnesses and things that we have inside us, the empathy and the selfless acts and, and acts of kindness, um, if we notice those things that go on around us, for example. And so it's um, it has to do with a lot with that, but this Groundhog Day um, concept of kind of being stuck in the same space and time resonates with me in terms of that we can sometimes live in this kind of an, a never-ending loop of doing things and just automatically letting them go by without even noticing that that's what's happening. Um, and also, you know, with specifically with losing someone in your life, um, with grief and loss, right? Dealing with grief and loss. Um, it can be this kind of an ongoing theme. And um, the one thing that I find that was, you know, at some point in this movie, even it's kind of a desperate uh, thing, is that you can't get out of this loop. And I think the feeling that we may get with the loss and grief is that you are stuck in this loop because, you know, this person will never be in your life again. You will never be able to speak like, you know, uh, to them or see them in a physical form. And um, that is a very uh, profound kind of um, feeling and and uh, that, that helplessness that comes with it, right? Um, and at the same time, there are so many ways to tackle this and to deal with this uh, that I found helpful um, dealing with the loss of my mom specifically and how I'm kind of reconciling a lot of these things to um, to make it a, a, a more of a transition and help myself uh, move on from the space of feeling like I'm in this groundhog day, you know, element of loss and grief, right? Um, so that's that. And um, 
Yeah, and and it's interesting to me how, you know, this movie in particular became so popular and um even the term uh I think it's very um very um telling, right? Because people refer to it all the time. I find myself referring to it uh, a lot. And uh yeah, so um all right, so th- there's that. <laughs> there's some some other thoughts I have that I'm sharing uh, in this episode. So, uh, yeah, tune in. And hopefully I can uh, provide some relief or some thoughts or some, um, you know, ideas uh, that you might find useful in your own uh, dealings with loss and grief and that kind of t- stuff that happens in life. So that is my hope and that is my hopefully contribution out there to those things and, and feelings that we have to deal with on uh, a regular basis when things happen in life. Okay, already then, tune in. So I came across an article recently about um, uh, Anderson Cooper's uh, podcast on grief and loss. And I didn't even realize that he launched, she, he had launched something like this. But um, ultimately, I think he just needed a sort of a sounding board for uh, the grief that he's undergoing with losing his mother uh, who was such a huge influence and part of his life and you know any mother of anyone's life is usually a huge influence but um in this case uh, also they were very very close um so I was reading an article and then um the person who either commented on this I'm not sure if this was uh, I can't remember if this was an article or if he commented on this but he was um, bringing up his own experiences with losing uh, loved ones. And um, some of the experience uh, resonated with mine. And, um, and uh, this person was kind of elaborating on, you know, it, it doesn't really matter if, if you have some um, sense of anticipation if if your loved one is you know you know ailing or in hospice or whatever um, it, it just doesn't matter it, it's still a very haunting and strange experience and of course you know um, everyone is going through it or it's going to go through it at some point and um, so I believe it's helpful to um, think about it, talk about it, don't taboo it, um, you know, prepare yourself. And I know that as much as I could, and I was grateful that I came across some uh, kindnesses and some people that were willing to share or just, I just learned by observation, by reading, by, by learning things that I was open to because I found myself even closed up to some of the things. I just, I wasn't ready. I couldn't, I couldn't like think of certain things. And not that I wasn't realistic, uh, but 
um, certain things were just tough to handle. And um, in any case, I remember years ago, actually, running into someone completely off chance. Um, I was, I remember I was just grabbing some breakfast uh, before starting my work day, and it was in a little cafe here in Pleasanton. Um, and someone next to me, you know, started a conversation. We, we sort of exchanged, um, you know, uh, some, uh, latest, uh, you know, information or latest, um, points of view on what was going on in the world and our uh, local, um, economy and all that stuff. Cause this was during, I believe this was during the slowdown of the economy, actually, uh, about 2010 ish or so. And so, um, you know, he shared with me that he had lost all of his closest family members within a few months of time. So like, Maybe within three months, he lost both of his parents and his brother. And he said that he was having a really tough time. And, you know, um, I don't know, but people just open up to me a lot like this. I don't ask for that information, but um, I don't know. They feel comfortable sharing it. And I am just absolutely blown away and touched and, and grateful that if I am able to help in any shape or form, um, I am absolutely uh, thrilled that that I can, if I can be a small part of it, or maybe just a sounding board and, you know, just being there, just listening and just caring um, about, you know, with empathy about what's going on. Um, so he said that he was going through a very difficult time that, you know, it was like he just didn't know how he was going to go on. And on top of it, he was laid off. Uh, he got laid off from his long-term uh, position uh, in a very um, prominent company that's very well known here in the East Bay. And... Um, you know, he he just was lost in so many ways. And, um, you know, we talked for quite a while. And that conversation, I hope it helped him in however way I was able to uh, bring some peace and some relief at the moment when we were talking, you know, uh, from this heaviness. And I, I think... I feel like it helped just talking to him. Um, and I believe I was able to give him some information to connect with someone for some even volunteering work, or I can't remember what it was now, but it was something that I thought of. And I thought, well, you know, it would be good to keep him busy and keeping around people. And so he can meet more like like-minded people and also, we talked about art because he happened to be an artist and he could paint. And my mother was also at the time um, painting. And um, so I gave him some ideas to join, um, I believe, uh, one of the uh, artists' organizations that are local. 
um, that's what I remember roughly from that conversation. Uh, nevertheless, I, uh, in spite of everything else, you know, just sharing what was going on and trying to think of, of ways to maybe connect him to uh, some future possibilities, um, I was thinking, you know, um, this is such a scary thought, right? And and that stuck with me all these years. Um, I never forgot this conversation that we had, and I never forgot kind of the feeling that um, I had when we talked about it. And um, of course, now having gone through uh, this huge loss of my mom and, um, you know, just different things in a short period of time and even losing our pets, you know, that we had for many, many years. And it was inevitable that they had to uh, move on, so to speak. Uh, it's still, you know, it, like in your life, in anybody's life, it, it is a person. It could be a, a pet who you're really, really close to. So loss and grief um, are very, very tricky things. And with my mom, I definitely have had a challenge, I would say, um, that's pretty huge. And just, I have to say, you know, now November, um, coming up on her birthday in November, uh, there are some really positive things that I love November for. And, um, you know, some wonderful things. And my mom's birthday was one of them, of course. And um, I always wanted to celebrate it, even even though she preferred to uh, celebrate her name's day. I even did a podcast on what is a name's day. Um, and, um, yeah, so, so, you know, and my son was born in November, so that's always a, a great thing. And, you know, November is such a pivotal month anyway because of uh, the, the seasons changing, right? Um, and, um, you know, it, it's, <clears throat> of course, you know, Halloween happens first, which I love Halloween. I absolutely embraced it since I've been a teenager, since I've, uh, I've been celebrating it. And I just, I love it. And I love uh, the part of um, celebration and, and getting together and all these wonderful things that happen on Halloween. Um, and um, in fact, I saw a really cool uh, meme or post on social media around Halloween time that I thought was really poignant. Um, so I'm going to share it. Stay informed, be well and be kind, and I'll talk to you soon. Ciao. This has been a production of Do Eve Media. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.